By the way, I was going to tell you because you're a golfer. Last night we met some friends at Inglewood uh, Golf Club. We used to be members there, but we're not anymore. And we're having a fabulous dinner. They have a, a fabulous restaurant. The food is just amazing. So we're having a nice dinner. And what happens? But uh, the uh, manager comes up and greets us and turns to me and says, Mr. Weaver, I am so sorry to bother you with this, but we've had a comment. You need to be wearing a collared shirt. And um, I'm so sorry, but uh, next time would you wear a collared shirt when you come in to eat? And I just had completely, I had a very nice t-shirt on. I mean, it was. Yeah, but dude, dude. But it wasn't collared, and I no, just no, not forgot. at a country club. You can't wear a, a nice designer T-shirt to a country club. Well, you got to wear a collared golf shirt or a collared dress shirt. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, I forgot. Man, that is I such a rookie. Forgot. That's such a rookie mistake. I can't. It believe is it. a very rookie mistake. But you know, it, I wasn't out on the golf course, and to be perfectly candid, I thought it was really, really picky of one of the other members to complain. But there, that's, a rook, that's a that's a that's a rookie mistake. That, that's wow. that's my that's my embarrassing story for the weekend. All right. But, so well, so you're on probation, but they're letting you come back as long as you wear a collared shirt. That's nice. so I'm gonna well, next time I'm gonna wear two collared shirts. You know, just <laughs> just to make up for my. I've been known to do that. You know, I pop the pop the collar up and then put another right. polo shirt put over the top. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Now we're not here to talk about golf. We're here supposedly to talk about media. So why don't we do that? Right. Tape is rolling, as they used to say. And we have, on top of all of our stories, we have the famous Ed Stoltz radio stations getting a new operator. And that's okay in and of itself, but the story just gets weirder and weirder by the day. (laughs) Yeah, I know, it's just, it's crazy. And I don't want to turn Media Insultant into an obit podcast, but you're right. We do need to note that Sam Zell has passed. We'll talk about him for a couple of moments, and uh, and of course we'd like to welcome everybody back. We are back with another edition of Media Insultant, where Keith and I get together and share our comments and snarky comments and fashion tips for wearing what to wear at a golf course. Yep, and pithy analysis, I might add. I mean, Ooh, you know, there's, yeah, it's pith- there's some pithy. solid, solid analysis that we give our viewers and our listeners. That's why they keep coming back. That's why this is the most popular media-centric podcast in America. In America, that's exactly right. So, needless to say, that's Keith Samuels. He's down in Southern California. And I'm Jackson Weaver here in sunny Seattle, Washington. Finally getting some sunny weather. And so we would really like to welcome everybody to the Wednesday, May 24th episode of Media Insultant. Okay, Keith. Time to catch up with our ongoing soap opera, this unending drama, the gut-wrenching story behind the Ed Stoltz radio stations, which if somebody wrote a play or somebody wrote a tele, uh, telescreen uh, story for this, nobody would believe it. They'd say, this is, this is nuts. So take us back. Ed Stoltz is the licensee of three radio stations, San Francisco, Palm Springs, Las Vegas. Correct. And for the last three or four years, he's just been embroiled in a turmoil that just doesn't seem to end. What started all of this? Well, what started all of this was the, um, what was into the, the rights organizations, the, the music rights organizations were, yes, the uh, were going after Ed for decades of unpaid rights fees. 
for the music he was playing on his stations. You know, BMI, ASCAP, those those guys. And it and, wasn't insignificant. It was millions. Yeah, right, right. This was a millions lot of, dollars. of money over a long time. And so they take him to court. Uh, and then it gets really ugly. It gets out of control. Gets a little bit out of control because guess what? There are other creditors. Uh, turns out that Ed. They, they started lifting up the rocks and found out that Ed hadn't paid for his tower rental fees in San Francisco. There were probably power bills. There were you know attorney bills. Of, just uh, yeah, lots of legal fees. Lots of attorneys fees that he hadn't paid. So this this gets to be a big problem. And so the court takes the stations away from Ed because he hasn't paid his bills. They put it in receivership. Larry Patrick is named the receiver, the named broker, the famous broker. Uh, Larry Patrick is the receiver, right? He ends up taking over the operations of the stations uh, and finds a buyer to sell the stations to satisfy the request of the, of the courts to then pay off, use that money of the sale to pay off all the debts. And Larry finds a buyer, VCY, a religious broadcasting company. They offer, they give him $6 million to buy these stations. They even took over operation of the stations, were programming the stations, or at least a couple of them. Yeah, yeah, and, I think and, so. And Ed, Ed does the end run. He does the Hail Mary, if I recall correctly, and he files for bankruptcy. So this flips it out of Judge Bernal's court in Riverside, California, and he was the one that was doing the BMI, ASCAP, Larry Patrick deal, and VCY, and it goes into a bankruptcy court in Las Vegas. The bankruptcy court gives the stations back to Ed. Yes, right? on the presumption that he's going to operate them, make money, and pay off his bills. Right. That doesn't happen. So now they that court names another trustee or receiver, uh, a guy named Michael Carmel, a bankruptcy well, attorney, and, out, and, and out. they take the they take the stations back from Stoltz. They tell yeah, me take can't the stations back again, and 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 now this this lawyer in uh, in Phoenix is running the stations, and he ends up finding somebody to that wants to do to program the stations and basically run them until Michael can find uh, a buyer. Do I have that correct? I think I, I don't think there's <laughs> anything too wrong in that complex story. I think you're I think you're right on track with everything and. The interesting thing is that the attorney down in Phoenix, who, who the court appointed to as the receiver, yeah. takes a look at these stations, and he hires, or he tries to hire, he's requested the court that the court approve hiring a guy by the name of Kurt Nilsson. And Kurt Nilsson's got a company called Autopilot FM out of Albuquerque. Okay? Now, here's Kurt Nilsson's business model. His business model is he remotely runs radio stations. And so he's proposing to remotely run these radio stations out of Albuquerque, New Mexico, with the whole concept being that as he puts it, all the heavy lifting is getting done in Albuquerque. We do with traffic. We do the production. We do the programming all out of Albuquerque for these stations in the three markets that Ed Stoltz has these radio stations in. And so okay. this is this is his pitch apparently to the to the court. Now, all that is fine and well. I'm, we're we're not going to get into that except for a couple of things. The first thing is is that he's kind of doing beta on this with two stations in Albuquerque, and those two stations have a total of a one nine share, which in Albuquerque is just barely staying in business. And there's got to be some other angle on this, as near as I can see it, because. Keith, at the end of the day, who's going to pay the bills? He gets to take over these stations, 
but you know i'm i'm just going to i'm going to ballpark it. it you you can't put these stations back on the air and get them up and running for less than 25 to 35,000 dollars a month you just you just can't you know you've got leases and tower leases you're going to have to prepay you're going to have to set up uh, new accounts with all the utilities you're going to have to do some kind of staffing even though he wants everything based in albuquerque and then the key thing and you and i both know this is sales how is he going to sell it what is he proposed in terms of selling it selling the station selling time on the stations well, I suppose that his model is that he's going to he's going to set up some sort of telemarketing sales operation, which is probably what he's got going in Albuquerque now anyway, uh, to, uh, to to smile and dial and make a lot of cold calls and sell spots for a dollar a holler in, in uh, Palm Springs, Vegas, and San Francisco. Well, and it's interesting because he's he's even said publicly that he's going to sell spots for a dollar a holler just to get things going to get the word out, and you know what that's like. I mean, once once you've done that, nobody comes back and says, "Okay, I'm going to pay I'll you forty pay bucks a spot." Yeah, I'll, yeah. No, I'll you pay. know what? It's it's working so great. I'm going to give you twenty five bucks a spot. Right. No, right. you know. But here's the here's the thing. This this now, Kurt. I don't know, Kurt. He he doesn't own the stations in Albuquerque. He's running them for a company called Vanguard, and I don't. I've never heard of Vanguard. I don't know if they have other properties. That's but correct. He, He's talked them into like running these stations. One's a hip hop station, and one's a, a smooth jazz station, the Oasis. The Oasis, yeah. yeah. And so th- this, but but you know, Kurt's not like some guy that it's, this is not like Guy Zapolian, you know, programming a couple of stations for fun in in Albuquerque. Guy's one of the greatest programmers that ever lived. You know, this isn't Becky Brenner running country stations, you know, out of her garage because she knows what she's doing. This is just a guy. A guy. He's a guy. You know, he's you know he's a solar sales guy. He's a, a real estate agent, and now he's got now he's now he's a radio programming guy. Okay, now he's running a couple of radio stations. Okay, so which what's stunning to me is that this isn't somebody who's like got some great long big massive track record in running radio stations. He doesn't have that. Okay, he's just a guy. So it's just you know. You know, I've never programmed a radio station, but I've been around radio stations for 40 years, so I probably would have a clue, you know. Same with you. But, but you've been on the air, you have programmed stations, you know. Michael Carmel is not calling us. The judge isn't calling us. This is perfect <laughs> for media insultant. You know, we can handle this. But So it, it, what's crazy to me is that you've got a guy in Phoenix that's never worked in broadcast, never done workouts in broadcast as far as I could read. You've got a guy in programming in, in Albuquerque who's never programmed any of the radio stations and these two things that he's having fun with in Albuquerque. It's just it's another crazy-making chapter in, in this ongoing soap opera of Ed Stoltz's radio stations. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. Well, and I wonder what his upset, what does he think his upside is. I mean, it, it, if the station's running the whole, uh, his company, Autopilot FM, is going to have to make up the difference, right? So as I said, if we take three markets, but maybe it's say, maybe it's Michael maybe it's Michael Carmel who has to make up the difference. He's the he's the trustee on this stuff. Well, he's the trustee, but there's no money in the estate. That's the thing. There's no money, and so <laughs> right. you know he's going to run up this. He's going to spend all this money getting these stations up and going. He's getting ready to sp- sell. Yeah, he's yeah. Getting ready to sell. He's got to split the profit with the if there is any profit uh, with the estate, which is fine. There won't be any profit, but he has to split it. And as he goes further and further into the hole, he's going to have some kind of a claim against the estate. But the entire thing is in bankruptcy now. And so who 
who knows where there, there's ever going to be any money coming out of this. And he's got no claim on the licenses or on the programming or anything like that. In fact, on top of all of this, now, the um, wasn't it uh, the judge, what's his name, Burnell, who came yeah. along and ordered that uh, the U.S. Marshal collect $2 million plus change from Ed Stoltz? But he's done that before, and it, and Stoltz just ignores it. Right, and he's considered a fugitive from the law, you know. So, it, yeah, yeah. Good luck collecting that. But what's interesting is is that is that uh, Carmel, the attorney, the bankruptcy attorney, thinks that that having Kurt Nielsen Nielsen program these stations, sell a few spots, is going to actually add value, you know, to the sale because you know buyers are going to come in and go. Look at what's going on here. There's a real there's a real brand. There's an audience. There's revenue. Ain't gonna happen. No one's no, gonna and- look at that. No one no <laughs> one in their right no one well, wait a say no one in their right mind. This is the Ed Stoltz saga, so there's no one in their right mind in this deal. <laughs> but so true. But anybody coming in to buy these stations is gonna understand that there is no value in these stations. It's just the stick. It's the stick and the license. That's it. Nothing else. And whatever this guy thinks he's going to be able to do with Kurt Nilsson from Albuquerque, is, you know, it's, it, like I said, he could have, they could have brought in some real broadcast talent to do something with these stations, okay, in each of these markets. There's plenty of us all around that could have done that and maybe added a little value. But, you know, even the best of us could not add enough value to, you know, this, this basically stations that have been off the air, that have no audience, that have no revenue, and have massive, massive debt attached to them. Well, you bring, up, see, but, but you, bring up a, you bring up a great thing. The bankruptcy attorney, actually, you could argue, is we're not working in the best interest of the estate. Because the estate, the value of the stations, is not going to be increased by having these programs. It's just not. Somebody's going to buy these to do whatever they want to do with it, and so these stations have stick value. And so by going into the hole with Nilsson's project, with Autopilot FM, he actually is creating more debt against the estate that's going to have to be paid off. And yeah. you could argue it's not a and, – and now the court may not approve this management. It's possible the court says we don't think so because he's only applied for permission to operate the stations. But as has happened consistently, consistently in this entire debacle, every time you think reason and rationality and sanity is going to be applied, it just flies out the window. <laughs> so, All right, well, we'll keep an eye on it. I think it's, uh, it, it certainly gives us something dramatic to talk about. And frankly, the radio and TV business have been pretty quiet uh, this spring. So, you know, maybe, maybe this, is, this is good. We, we had to have some content. Hey, Keith, you know, it's hard to remember when JCOR, the radio group, mm was just another radio group back in the uh, consolidation days of the 90s when people were buying. You know, there was Amos, and there was Clear Channel, and there was Regent, and there was J-Corps. But Sam Zell came along and just dramatically changed the entire composition with Randy Michaels of J-Corps and what J-Corps became. So talk to us a little bit about Sam. Uh, I don't know if you knew him or not, but we certainly watched it go on. No, I only I only watched it from a distance, um, you know, because I was I was watching those missiles going overhead as I was in Tucson, and then and then uh, joined the uh, Center for Sales Strategy, and en- ended up you know uh, uh, consulting and training at, uh, some of the J Corps stations. But Sam stepped in with his fortune that he built up in real estate and joined forces with Randy Michaels, and and I have met Randy once 
uh, in a bar at the REB, and that was one of the most entertaining hours of my life in radio because he was a real character. He is a real he, character. He is. He yeah. is. And, 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 you know, back when characters were able to run radio groups, because they don't let characters run anything anymore, you know, let alone radio groups. But Randy was a great piece of work and just, oh, gosh, you know, and anyway. Well, and he had, he had, he had a radio ear like nobody. He's, it was a great amazing. programmer. Great yeah. program. So, so he and Sam partner up. Um, I guess it was Terry Jacobs that started J Corps. Jacobs, right. J Corps, get it? He he he. What retired? Or quit? I think he, he. I think he was. I think he left. I'm, I'm not sure whether he was pushed out or not, but he left. Yeah, so, and Randy was looking for somebody to pick up the mantle to and provide. And that was capital. Sam Zell. So Sam Zell Sam comes Zell. in, and this is about at the same time as the Telecommunications Act of 1996, and. And consolidation was was really in its oh, gosh, early it stages, crazy. and then it just went nuts. It just went nuts. It was a gold rush right after that passed, and and he and Sam started buying up groups. So J Corps went from just one of the groups to being one of the biggest groups. Right. Uh, they end up selling it to uh, the Mays family at Clear Channel for like three point four billion. But you know, but back in the day, I mean. These were these were when groups were going and buying and selling, and you know you'd own a station for a couple of years, and then another group would buy you, and then another group would buy you. It was, it was insanity time. But Sam and Randy really ran it out, and if there was a great investment that Sam made, it was in Randy Michaels and Jacor because they made a ton of dough. There's no way that 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 group would sell for that much today. So you know, good for them. They had they had an amazing run. You know what's interesting? There's a little side note here is that I remember. A great story that my friend Clancy Woods likes to tell, and we'll have him on the show to tell it better at some point. But, <laughs> okay. but, um, okay. but Clancy was one of the top three managers at Nationwide Communications. Right. So the insurance right. company had a great radio division. They had owned uh, KISW in Seattle, Seattle's Best Rock. They had you know, WPOC in Baltimore and WGAR in Cleveland, and they had WNCI and WCOL in Columbus. You know, they had a really great little group. They were a really solid little group back when groups were little, right? But they were solid. And um, Clancy tells the story of, of, of preparing with the management team at, 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 at Nationwide Communications uh, the, the uh, presentation for the board at Nationwide. And they went into this board meeting with the, the board of Nationwide Insurance in Columbus, Ohio, and they had it all laid out. They were going to get $650 million or $600 million, and they were going to buy a couple of other radio groups and triple, quadruple the side of, size of Nationwide Communications, which would have been great because these guys were running a really good group. And they never even got to start the deck because they walked in and the board said, guys, we've got some news we want to share with you. We just accepted a $620 million offer from Sam Zell and Randy Michaels at J-Corps, and they sold all of Nationwide Communications to J-Corps <laughs> for $620 million, and, and Clancy was out of a job, you know, five months later or whatever it was. But it was like, what? You did what? <laughs> but that's how it was back then. Sure, sure takes the wind out of your sails walking in on a presentation. You've got PowerPoint all ready to go. You've oh, been practicing yeah. up your presentation. You're wearing your best suit. You had your hair cut the week before. You know, your shoes polished. You walk in and you hear news like that. Oh, that's so but, such a but, but Sam, Sam did have a little uh, a misstep when he, when he bought. Uh, yeah, big uh, misstep. He, he bought Tribune Publishing, you know, all the Tribune newspaper chain. 
and uh, that came with it. I think didn't a, didn't a radio station or two come with that in Chicago? And just uh, WGN, I think, was the only radio. Yeah. Nice radio station to have, but still WGN. And he, um, th- this was after he'd sold JCOR to right. Clear Channel, and it was several years later. And he did; he made a comeback, and he brought Randy back. And it is um, kind of, kind of an acknowledgement of that you you can't go home, <laughs> you know, you just can't go home again. So yeah, well, and, they, you know, he, and he brought in he brought in some other radio people. He brought in uh, Don Jaraco from L.A. She was at the L.A. Times. You know, she, he really tried to. Um, add some energy and some creativity and some and, and all those people were in broadcast they weren't in newspaper but major culture clash major you know culture ish cultural issues you know what does he do what does he know he doesn't know how to run a newspaper well guess what the newspaper guys ran the newspapers into the ground so they didn't know how to run them either uh, but that one got crushed by the the uh, you know the by the uh, recession by the recession 2007 2008 you know the real estate you know uh, debacle so that crash accelerated uh sam and randy's uh lives at uh, at tribune and and tribune really has never recovered well uh, you know the last time i saw randy was in new york city at uh, radio inc's um forecast and what was so fun about randy is <laughs> you know you got all these broadcast guys getting up there covering their ass and talking in platitudes and, you know, being real careful about what they step on and constantly repeating, you know, we need to be local. We need to be local, local. You know, they've been saying that for 30 years. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Randy gets up there. He doesn't, he's not beholden to anybody. He just goes crazy. <laughs> he, he, he skewers everybody in the room. It was one of the most enjoyable hours I have ever seen. <laughs> I wish it was on tape. We didn't, they didn't video it at the time, but, man, it was so good. It was just wonderful. So, And well, Randy have, is still kicking around. Yeah, that, which is great. But I have one final closing note that, uh, that Sam Zell referred to himself, and I think this is one of the greatest job descriptions or job titles that I've ever read. He referred to himself as the chairman of everything, but the CEO of nothing. Right. So the, the you know, buck stops he, he, one one level below him. That's right. Yeah, I I just brought the money. I'm the chairman, yeah, but this, <laughs> I'm not the CEO. <laughs> so don't don't get me wrong. So bless his heart for all he did for uh, for our business or maybe yeah. what he did to you know drive our business crazy. But uh, died last was, week at the age of 81. So yeah. R.I.P. to uh, our, our friend, uh, Mr. Sam Zell. All right, Keith, we've run out of time again, and we've got uh, Memorial Day weekend coming up here, so we've got to get ready for that. I know you're working on your tan and your golf game, and I'm working on taking a nap. So, <laughs> But Media Insultant is uh, a production of InTown Media. We do interim contract management for radio stations, except for the Stoltz stations. We would not <laughs> accept a Stoltz contract. You'll find the podcast anywhere that there are podcasts on any of the platforms, and the videos are in the Media Insultant Showcase on Vimeo. Now, we drop a new show each Wednesday, and next week we're going to dig into Odyssey's delisting and what the future could look like for what is the second largest radio group in the country. So, Keith, until we meet again next week, have a good Memorial Day weekend, my friend. You too, Jackson, and we'll see you uh, next week. 